All right, we're live. Hey guys, Frank with Tithely. Uh, it's great to see you today. Happy Monday. Uh, it's about 9 a.m. Pacific and uh, excited to be uh, back doing the show this week. This is week six, I think, uh, of doing these daily interviews with church leaders from you know all over the church, uh, mostly in the U.S., churches of all shapes and sizes. Uh, today, I'm really excited. We're talking with uh, one of the senior pastors at North Coast Church, Larry Osborne. Larry, it's great to have you this morning. Great. Good to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And where are you uh, coming to us from, Larry? Uh, I'm in my home in Oceanside. Uh, got a library there, so. Love it. It looks packed. I mean, and you you are Do Dr. Larry Osborne, so I would assume you. Uh... I'm it. As my <laughs> told me when I was young, I'm the kind of doctor who can't fix anything. <laughs> he literally did. Daddy, um, daddy. What? Man? Yeah. You're the kind of doctor who can't fix anything. Good to remember. Uh, I mean, it I'm not too good at fixing things myself, so I understand that. Um, why don't you, Larry, would you mind taking you know, 30 seconds and just giving the audience a little bit of your background, maybe how you got into ministry and, and the, the church that you're a part of leading? Sure. Well, I, uh, I became a Jesus follower in my junior year of high school, uh, kind of a significant turnaround in the sense if I were to go back, they'd all go you uh, type of deal, which is a common grace story, mm -hmm. I think, out there. Uh, and uh, started leading, I just love the Bible, started leading Bible studies to uh, my peers and kind of the living room had filled up uh, with friends and wow. then my sister's friends. And then this church came and said uh, they would pay me if I would teach some Bible studies and do some youth events. I went, what? You pay me for this? <laughs> so that was my calling into vocational ministry. I was going to do ministry uh, anyway and be in the marketplace and you know, that went really well. Then another church asked me to do it, went really well. And then I was, uh, uh, when I was 28, I came down here to Oceanside for a church plant that was about a year and a half old. I think there were 70 when we, for uh, 70 adults, uh, our first Sunday. And I've been here in uh, yeah. San Diego area ever since. Wow. That's really cool. So where, to, um, did you just say like, where did you move from into San Diego? Uh, LA. So my wife and I from are LA area. Okay. Totally Southern California. Fish and water. You know, ask the fish what water. How's the water? It says what water. Uh, this is a culture we we don't have to think through. We understand and have multiple generations in. Yeah, I've been here forever. Very cool. Um, and uh, I mean, you're part of leading a great church, and I guess it's Vista, California, kind of the San Diego area. Um, and you know, I think it would be cool. But just a real quick note. So we're going to do a couple things today. Um, number one. Uh, you know, we love driving engagement on the show, getting people here to listen to these things as we're talking to, you know, great leaders from all over the church. Um, so first thing, we're going to give away some AirPods. Uh, so if you're with us, if you're commenting and engaging, uh, our crew is going to be checking the comments and all of that. And uh, we'll be giving away a pair of AirPods at the end of the show. And uh, also, Larry, we wanted to give away some copies of one of your books. Uh, so we thought we'd give away uh, 20 copies of Sticky Church. And uh, I think that, you know, with churches coming back to church and back into physical gatherings at some point, and um, this is just a great read. So that we thought we'd give away 20 copies to folks participating. So uh, leave us a comment. Let us know uh, where you're from, what church you lead, those kind of things. And uh, we'll be picking you guys out from the audience. Um, so I wanted to mention that real quick. And uh, Larry, why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, taking your church into a fully remote, you know, virtual online church experience. What has that been like for you guys uh, well, over we, the last eight weeks or so? 
Yeah, we obviously were online and uh, uh, before that, and then suddenly, like yeah. like most churches had faced any uh, sort of a shutdown, we didn't have much notice. Uh, we suddenly went boom. We've got to do this, and so it was uh, kind of a week. Uh, one week decision, and luckily we had the, yeah. the the basic tools and structures there. I think one of the things a little unique in how we did, and we've got a teaching team: Chris Brown, uh, Christopher Hilkin, and myself. Uh, and uh, the the first week, Chris Brown was on, then Christopher Hilkin, then myself uh, uh, that we did this. And the first week was just the same feed we always would send to our uh, mm -hmm. uh, various uh, uh, sites and venues and campuses. So it was uh, shot on stage. We like single camera and now no cuts because we don't want people uh, uh, being reminded that they're watching a, a screen when they're at our various campuses. And that, that works yeah. really well, you forget it quickly. So we just, <clears throat> we just did that same exact shot. Uh, the second week, Christopher Hilkin, who is very savvy with social media type stuff and uh, internet and all that, just by his age uh, and by uh, just giftedness, he was going to be a, a much more uh, internet savvy in how we did it. And I asked a question. I said, well, maybe we should first ask what, not what is best on the internet, but what do our people need? Uh, yeah. At that point, uh, it's not that we can't do it, but what do they need? And, and it, when I asked that question, he right away got it. Uh, Christopher, uh, Chris uh, Brown did and I did. You know, he said it out loud. And it's like, oh, yeah, duh. They just want to know the church is still here. So that next mm. week we did the on stage kind of walking around. Then the third one we did the on just normal like we'd always done, uh, even with a bit of a worship set and all that. Though nobody sings to a mon uh, <laughs> a monitor, a right? Screen, right? You know, <laughs> that, that part is a little a little yeah. a little awkward. And then it was the the uh, fourth week that the decision was made uh, to do what is best uh, for the internet. So we felt like the congregation now knew we're here. We can survive. This is okay. So now let's switch. So uh, they became shorter uh, because, you know, everybody takes a holiday during uh, any worship. They take a holiday during any teaching. But if in the room, it's not polit politically correct to get up and leave. You you stay there, mm -hmm. count the lights, count something, and then change right. the population, story, point, whatever pulls you back. But on the internet, which is why they have the 20 minute TED talk thing, it's not designed for conferences like everybody makes. I wish the guy would give me more stuff. Uh, but on the internet, 20 minutes is pretty much the right time at which <coughs> people start when they take a holiday, they'll either do emails or multitask or click you off. Right. So, uh, or go wash the dishes or eat breakfast or, you know, oh, any oh, other, yeah, like, we didn't all the other minutes. stuff but we shortened our worship set to just one or two songs, highly produced. Uh, we're very big on participatory worship. We have 26 or so bands with all of our uh, uh, campuses and, and everything we do. So we're huge on that, but it doesn't work on the internet. So now suddenly right. very performancey. Uh, we've switched, if anybody takes a look at any of our, our sermons online, a very uh, up close view uh, with a TV that we normally have on stage, but now the notes are right behind you. Uh, so it's designed as if it was internet only. And of course, Got that it. created the better experience. And I think that was important for us, first of all, not to go to that. But uh, what has helped our engagement is is switching and saying, let's not be what we were. Let's maximize this as if we were 100% internet church. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, super smart, uh, like just different things that you mentioned that I love you guys have like evolved over time. Uh, you've, you've gone from normal and shortened it. I think a lot of churches are learning like, man, the internet and doing church online is so different than doing it in person. Um, so I love a few things you shared there. Well, and and uh, that, that's the problem is they think of themselves as a church with an online presence rather than an online church with the physical location, which is a shift we're going through. Do you think, Larry, after this is over, right? So at some point we we all go back to our buildings, we're meeting in person. Will you guys have more of an online church presence? Will this have changed anything about how you guys were already doing it as you go back? Yeah, I think radically. Uh, I, you know, I have a lot of coaching clients and churches I work with and what I found is most of us are shocked how well we've done. We thought the whole thing would fall apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, if we do any analytics are surprised by where we have pockets of people listening. Uh, those who are most against the screen have suddenly decided the screen's not so bad when it comes to uh, teaching the word in discipleship, <laughs> change of song. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that shift of uh, David Ashcroft at LCBC, uh, Life's Changed by Christ in huge, uh, really cool church in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, he was the guy who first told me, Larry, we used to think of ourselves as a church of say 15,000 with uh, 15 campuses and an online presence. And we're yeah. beginning to think of ourselves as an online church with 15 physical locations. And wow. that subtle shift is huge. I immediately picked it up, shared it with a couple of our guys. We were thinking the same thing. Didn't have those words that I use now and really attribute to Dave, the first to put it that way. But that's a game changer because I think when yeah. we come out of this, it'll be, we'll be like Grand Canyon University that has what, 18,000 students on a really cool campus and a D1 basketball. Right. You know, they do a lot of stuff like just regular college, but in reality, they got 70,000 online. Okay. Yeah, big they, shift. Yeah. They understand online is not an afterthought. It's the leader out of which the physical is allowed to come. Big, huge shift. How, how do you help churches that might be thinking differently about that? They might be going, man, I can't wait to get back to regular church. And then we're just going to do our old school, like one camera stream, which isn't really church online, but yeah. they're just going to go back. I, I don't think a lot of churches will actually do that because what's going to happen in most cases is when we come back, we're doing social distancing. Uh, at, uh, right. at North Coast, our decision is going to be, we're going to come back when the experience on the campus is better than the experience online. We're going to immediately, as you can get smaller groups, get them in, in watch parties. We'll get them in, in our, our sermon-based small groups that we have you know huge percentage of our people in already. So we are for physical contact. But the idea of coming back to our campuses and our worship rooms, uh, there's a lot of people that aren't going to want to do that because they won't feel safe until there's a vaccine. Um, And so at at that point, we're in no rush. Now, let's say on the other side of the spectrum, we've just seen it as a quality issue. You know, I'm not engaging in the constitutional issue, you know, and all that sort of stuff that creates different opinions. But just on the quality issue, we've said we're not going to do it. Now, let's say I'm of the ilk that says, no, we have to stand up for future freedom. So we've got to meet anyway. Pretty much every church I've come across that has that thinking and guidance is still social distancing, right? 
And so at that point, they can't get all their people there anyway. So I think they're naturally right. going to think of it as a like multiple people. services. We yeah. Have, and how many can you have? Like uh, on all our campuses and sites, we had 52. I think Chris Brown was saying he had done the math for us, and it was nearly 400 services we'd have to have if we're going to social distance. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Well, that's impossible. Or, or a church with double services right. is it going to go to eight. Uh, and if they do, it's something's going to be on screen. Uh, so right. at that point, I expect wherever we are in the political spectrum, uh, when it comes to actually seeing where are people tuning in, I don't think anybody, very few people, are going to just bail on it and go, oh, we're just back to what we were. Uh, they're going to realize right. that online is significant, kind of like Walmart and Target uh, uh, early on. Uh, yeah. An online presence, but we're all focused on the stores. Uh, and after a while, does Amazon just beat them to a pulp? Uh, they made it so if you shop at either one of those, it's all the same. And that's what right, I think. Right. And they, they, they played catch up for a long time and, you know, probably are getting close. And uh, then this hits and they were at least more ready than if they were to just have said, we're going to stick it to the old way and we're going to stay that way forever and then kind of scramble um, going into these times. So, yeah, I, yeah I, that's. It was before COVID-19 hit that I realized these we were thinking about online things wrong. And that's I, I needed a special uh, post lamps from my backyard, a series of them. And I couldn't find them in a local store. I got online, found it. It was a place called Lamps Plus. There happened to be one near me, a chain. And I, I, I called and said, they have it. Yeah, I have it. So I went in, saw it, and said, yeah, I want uh, eight of these. Uh, and then the person turned around and got onto the same website I'd been on, put in their promo code for their store and ordered it that way, and then had it shipped to my house. It was all, mm -hmm. it was really one experience with three different Right, groups. right. And I, I think that's where the church needed to go, and now the church has been forced to go by all of this. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big shift. What kind of things have you guys, I mean, you've mentioned some stuff, but maybe just to spend a few more minutes what have you learned that's really worked with like creating engagement and connection in the online world of doing church? Well, when it comes to discipleship, really discipleship is made up of two things, information. And the second is community. And what we've learned, uh, we kind of knew ahead of time, it's been affirmed. And I think a lot of churches are learning is you can get that information in a lot of ways. Uh, you can read it. You can get it on a podcast. Uh, you can watch it on an online service. You can time shift it right. to what's convenient. The word of God, a, tr uh, a renewed mind creates a transformed life. And what we realized, and we already really knew because otherwise we wouldn't have been a video venue church, uh, is that uh, you don't have to be in the room to communicate the word of God. You don't even have to know the person well to communicate the word of God. Uh, it is powerful, a two-edged sword. And so that aspect of discipleship is there. And the next one is community. And I think a lot of churches in the past, that's what Sticky Church, that book is about actually, uh, yeah. they, had, they had made the mistake of assuming that acquaintance was community. Uh, and in the early scriptures, when it says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together as a matter of some is, it starts out by saying, consider how to uh, spur one another on to love and good deeds. So don't stop yeah. meeting. That was a house church era. Uh, that was uh, a, a little Mayberry USA where everybody knew everybody, you know, the exact right. opposite of privacy we crave today. 
And so biblical community where iron sharpens iron is, is not an acquaintance where I recognize your face and can't remember your name. Uh, it's, it's not a place where you say, how you doing? And I tell you fine. And you walk away, even though I start chemo tomorrow. Right. Uh, and so, well, we've realized that if they take away the buildings, we can still have community. Now I love buildings. I'm the last guy to rip on buildings. Uh, we have you guys big, got a great campus over there. Yeah, in Vista, yeah. Buildings are big campuses, uh, you know, seven of them. And, uh, but, but I love them because they allow me to reach more people with better quality, creating a come and see environment. That's really easy for people to bring people. But if you take away that forever, that does not end our ability to proclaim the gospel, get people in community and, uh, get the word powerfully into their lives. Uh, the big buildings were a tool in a highly mobile culture where people would drive past the close to the better, allowed us to reach more people. Yeah. No, it totally, totally makes sense. I mean, and you guys are obviously massive on small groups and driving people into the smaller group community where, you know, you really get to know people. Um, so it's like, yeah, using, using the big building, kind of love how you put it, right? It attracts people. It's easy to invite people. It's a great experience, but then you get them into small groups to help yeah. them stay connected and grow closer to God. We have always seen the weekend as a crowd and the small groups as a church. Those churches that saw the acquaintance big gathering as the church and kind of hoped they could get a few people who wanted extra credit into small groups are the ones who struggled the most with this time. Yeah. Frame. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Let's um just for sake of time, because we could keep chatting for a while. I love uh, this conversation, but let's just maybe for a couple of minutes, talk about like going back. So I know you've got a great YouTube video that you mentioned. Uh, I'll make sure my team posts in the comments for other people to check out. But how are you guys thinking about, you know, going back into physical meetings? How are you preparing? Do you have a team that's thinking about it and put, putting together a plan? Like what's all that look like for North Coast? Well, for us, because we're not driven to get back until it's a better experience. We don't have a team working on it now. Uh, if we did, and the churches I work with that are doing that, they're having to make sure they get all the medical stuff for sanitizing and you know temperature things, all of this sort of stuff. And one of the things I, I push back on them is I go, if you're, you're spending all this time and energy to create a bad experience. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures. A lot of people want to come back. But the, if you've seen pictures of the uh, truly social distance worship services, they're horrible. That's like, yeah, I, look, right. I wouldn't want to lead worship there. I wouldn't want to teach there. And I wouldn't want to go back a second time. Uh, you know, it looks yeah, like, so it, like reaching people. Like if you're bringing, if you're trying to invite friends in that environment and yeah, nobody you would know, like the, the committed, I think, you know, to, a little bit to like the ones that are like really in this is home. Like they'll probably all show up. Um, but then inviting friends or maybe the folks on the fringe or new people or whatever, it's weird. <laughs> none, of us, none of us like going to that church that's scattered everywhere. Right. Right. So it, like I said, it's not just the speakers and leaders and band. It's, I can't stand it when I go to a church service and, and, uh, we're just, you know, a handful of people scattered and, uh, you know, I have not posted any of the pictures from different churches with my sarcastic comments uh, because yeah. I don't want to rip on another pastor. I'm neither the Holy Spirit nor, you know, their Lord. And I could be wrong for them. But one-on-one -on -one and in, in settings and some of the groups I coach, I just flash a couple pictures and I say, your people are telling you they want to meet again, but they don't really realize they haven't, they don't have a picture of what that means. 
Uh, and so we no, we have not spent much time. Uh, if a church does, it it needs to start figuring out how they're gonna um, uh, how, how they're gonna make sure everybody feels secure and safe. One of the things you can't do, they need to think through, is children's ministry. So an already yeah. crazy class is uh, worship service is now gonna have kids run around in it. Uh, I mean, I have three boys, and if I had to try to distance them in any way from other people, I mean, it's it's basically impossible. <laughs> yeah, and Frank, pretend you did. They would come out and tears yeah. saying, I'm never going back. Yeah. So any church that's trying to come back, which is fine, like I said, I'm not going to criticize it, but it, it needs to think through the fact that only a small percentage of their people are coming back. So it has got to keep the online thing very, very strong. Uh, it, it cannot drop it back. If it does, it's going to die because they're going to have uh, low energy, uh, kind of bad services. You know, you've been to a comedy in a half-filled theater. Nothing's funny. Mm -hmm. uh, you ever yeah. try to communicate to a scattered crowd? It's very hard to do. Um, so they just have to think through. We cannot take a step back online just because we're taking a step to get back in the building. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, Larry, this has been great. I appreciate your time. Uh, where can folks go to check out how you guys are doing church online? Just northcoastchurch.com uh, has all of our sermons. If uh, uh, you want to take a peek uh, on that uh, video, that uh, it's called uh, Don't Reopen Until You've Thought Through These Three Things Most People Aren't Talking About, uh, yep. which are simply quality children and worship, one of the most uh, strongest ways to, to uh, pass the disease. Um, I think that is found on my YouTube channel. So they can just yeah, go. I'll make sure. Yeah, we'll make sure it's people post it in the comments as well. We'll send out like a recap. We'll make sure to link that up uh, in the show. And uh, again, we're going to give away 20 copies of Sticky Church. So make sure to leave a comment um, and uh, let Larry know that you are watching. Uh, if you have any questions, um, you know, post them. Larry, if we get any really good ones, maybe I'll try to pass them along to you. And, uh, you know, if it's not already answered in your YouTube video, and uh, you can jump back in. But appreciate your time. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your wisdom, your insight, what you're thinking about, how North Coast is doing it. Um, but appreciate you, Larry. Okay. Thanks, Frank. Take care. God bless. All right. Yeah. Have a good one. Uh, well, guys, it was great to be with you today. Thanks for the time. Uh, it is about 920. Hopefully you got a lot of great things out of the show. Um, Larry's doing great things with his team over there at North Coast Church. And uh, we will see you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Appreciate you and have a great day.